Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it is your mate Bags here. Sonia and I absolutely love putting this podcast together for you. Now, if you are loving what we are doing, we would love a bit of your help, and it's absolutely free. If you listen to us on Apple, make sure you hit the subscribe button or the little plus button at the top of the app. Or if you listen to us on Spotify, hit the follow button. Now, this lets the apps know that you are loving what we are doing, which is so helpful for us. And also, if you can share this podcast with your friends, it helps us get the word out there. We're now heard in 740 cities around the world, which is absolutely wild. And don't forget, while you're there, Make sure you follow our closed Facebook group as well. We feel like we are building a community and we want more people to come and join us. So thanks for listening. One, two, three, four. Coming up today, we're talking part two of the Harry and Megan Netflix special. This is Tied Up, a podcast where we discuss and dissect the biggest pop culture stories that have made an impact. My name is Simon Baggs. And I'm Sonia Darshan. I'm exhausted at the moment, mate. Christmas is just around the corner. What is it, like three or four days away now? I know. It's insane. I'm writing Christmas cards. I'm realizing how terrible my handwriting is because yeah. I don't write with bloody pens We're anymore. We're about to go up. Me and Stefan doing a road trip up to the Gold Coast. It's going to bloody take us eight hours to get there. Mate, it'll take you longer because <laughs> everyone's on the roads That's at the moment, That's so right? true. I'm not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to seeing my family. What yes. are you doing for Chrissy? I went out and bought an umbrella today Did you? at Bunnings Warehouse, which is a <laughs> hardware store for those of you overseas uh, in Australia. And I've got an umbrella, I've got an esky, and we're yep. going to sit on Sydney Harbour and look oh. at the Opera House and the bridge. That's going to be so good. We're just hoping that the weather's going to be okay. For sure. You're going to have your little prawns there. Prawns. We're going to have a little bit of ham and Yum. turkey and other How good is and... Christmas food? It's yeah. the best. We're just going to get shit-faced, mate. I love How that. How hot is that? That's the best. Just the two of us sitting there just sitting getting on blind. The, sitting on the harbour. I'll get one of those little speakers, play our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> shit, that's going to ruin the mood. Oh, totally. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, who are we tied up with this week? So as promised, we're doing part two of Harry and Meghan's Netflix docuseries series the final three episodes dropped last week at 7 p.m here in australia and as promised they saved the best three episodes to last i felt like it was a bit later i thought it was like 4 p.m the week before and then it was 7 p.m this week and oh, i was sitting there I waiting know. for it to come so out was I. it was so annoying that it took so long for it to drop yeah. <laughs> but anyway it's out now so you can go and watch it so today we're going to discuss each episode but what i really want us to focus on is episode four because when i watched this episode it is by far the best one in the entire series. Yeah, why do you say that for? Because it was kind of like a film, like because the length of it is about an hour. And when you watch a movie, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yes. And I really felt that way watching episode four. I loved episode four. I think so. it had pace, right? You could yeah. feel like we were moving through the story because there were some moments, I'll be honest with you, I started like nodding off <laughs> yes. in some of the other episodes. Totally. But this one had me engaged the entire, entire time. Entire yeah. time. I agree. All right. Well, let's get into episode four. And we're going to focus more on the first half of that episode. It covered their wedding day in depth. Uh, Megan describes the morning of her wedding as calm. She said all she wanted to do was have a mimosa, a cross on, and then listen to that song going to the chapel. I love that. Give us a bit of it. Going to the chapel. 
couple and we're gonna get married. It's really positive, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you kind of felt like, oh, that's right. I, it was a great day. I you could see all the people like lining up in the streets. Yeah. yeah. And I remember watching this moment on TV bags. You remember this? Like, it was such a happy day. Yeah, it was. Well, uh, we move into the moment when she walks down the aisle. And of course, at this point, we know that her father wasn't present. So King Charles actually walked her down the aisle. And here is what Megan said. Harry's dad is very charming. And I said to him, like, I've lost my dad in this. So him as my father-in-law was really important to me. So I asked him to walk me down the aisle. And he said yes. The whole thing, the whole thing was surreal. It was at that moment I could also see H. What was going through your head when you saw her coming? Look at look at me! Look what I got! <laughs> oh look, what I, look what I found! Oh, that is so sweet! Like mm. when I watched this, mm. I just felt so like warm and fuzzy inside because yeah. Well, King I Charles is him. a bit of a stiff character, right? Mm. And it actually showed his warmth totally to she, the world to her. She kind of humanized him in a way, right? One hundred percent. Like when you're watching this, and what a moment that the king is walking you down the aisle. And of course, no bride wants to do that without their father. So I really felt for her in that moment. Very bittersweet moment, right? It, yeah, it was. Then it moves on to their reception, and you know what? It looked like the party that you wanted to be oh, at, right? The like the photos looked wedding. amazing. Harry looks like he's having the best time. Megan's doing her thing. Yeah, Elton John's performing. They cut the cake with a bloody sword. Megan's mum's <laughs> running up front row for Elton John. <laughs> and then they danced all night and they had their first dance to the land of a thousand dancers. That's the name of the song. Yeah, which, that's what we saw in the preview. The trailer. Right. Yeah. And then she's starting to sing a little bit of it. Yeah, mashed potato. <laughs> it's, it's like a wiggle song. <laughs> <laughs> mashed potato, mashed potato. <laughs> All right, so the episode really starts to pick up pace here. We've seen the wedding and now we're seeing Harry and Megan. Uh, they're moving into their first home, Nottingham Cottage, which is on the grounds of Kensington Palace. They describe the moment Oprah came over for tea. Take a listen to this. As far as people are concerned, we were living at a palace. And we were, in a cottage we were on, living a, on, on palace, palace grounds. grounds. Kensington Palace sounds very regal. Of course it does. It says palace in the name. But Nottingham Cottage was so small. The whole thing's on a slight, on a slight lean, <laughs> really low ceiling. So I don't know who was there before. They must have been very short. He would just hit his head constantly in that, <laughs> that place because he's so tall. It was just a chapter in our lives where I don't think anyone could believe what it was actually like behind the scenes. Well, Oprah came over for tea, didn't she? She did. And when she came in, she sat down. And she goes, no one would ever believe it. No one would ever believe it. No, no one would, would ever, ever believe, believe it. it. God, I love Oprah. Yeah. She's the best. And she's spot on with that comment. Because when you see the images of Nottingham flash. Cottage, you're like... My townhouse on the Gold Coast looks better than <laughs> way that. Way better than that. And Harry even says in the grab, the cottage is slanted. So I, I kind of feel like, wow, what a what a really humble start to their marriage. We've maybe. given you this amazing wedding. Now get back down to real life. <laughs> yeah. This is where you're going. You're going to the dog shed. <laughs> yeah. But also the reality is all the properties that the royals own are thousands of years old. So it's not surprising that some of them are dumpy. Yeah. They need to get Scotty Cam and the block team in there to give it a bit of a reno. (laughs) God, that would go nuts on auction day, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? it? All right. So the next part of Ep4 really made me change my views on Megan. Now, this is B. I was watching this, right, (laughs) and I was thinking... Gee, Sonia's going to have to change some of her opinions from that first episode. Yeah, look, I. I... (laughs) What you're hearing everyone here is someone backtracking right now and going, maybe I came out a bit strong. No, but you you were very uh, opinionated in the first episode. It's just that I 
felt that the first three eps, it wasn't a true representation of the royals, nor was it of Meghan. So mm. I just didn't enjoy it. And mm. I go, yeah, look, I was a bit harsh with my comments. Is you, you get in the moment, don't you? And you say dumb shit. This particular moment in episode four, I just loved her so much in this. And it was when Meg spoke about her first public engagement with the Queen. And the way she speaks about the Queen, oh, I just loved it. Take a listen. My first official engagement with Her Majesty was very early on after we got married. We took the royal train together and um, I had a really great time with her. I treated her as my husband's grandma. And knowing that, of course, there has to be a completely different sense of propriety and whatnot in public when you're sitting and having breakfast to just be able to talk. I mean, when we got into the car in between engagements, she had a blanket and she put it over my knees and we were sitting there in the car with this blanket. And I thought, I recognize and respect and see that you are the queen. But in this moment, I'm so grateful that there's a grandmother figure because that feels like family. And because I was so, so close with my grandmother and I took care of her in her final years. Yeah, it was really, it was such a good, such a good day. We laughed. That is a really nice image. And I think we can all relate because we've all had a grandmother at some point. um, You know, some of us anyway, that have had someone, you know, that grandmother figure who's caring. With the blanket over the legs in the car. They care about the simple things, right? Like, are you warm? Yes. And then the fact that Megan says she knew she was the queen, but she treated her like a grandmother. And that was the part that she felt like a part of the family. And she still knows not to share those private conversations. Like, you know, they spoke about what, what do you talk about? with the queen at yeah. dinner and she didn't reveal she anything didn't but she it. said you just talked to her like a normal person totally and she was so classy about that and i was like yes megan where was this megan in the first three apps where was this human side of you instead of this robotic like mm. i'm reading a script some mm. of it felt like in the first three unfortunately bags this is where all the positive spin ends and the episode moves into a really dark place from here. So we've had our happy beginning, you know, she marries the prince, and we start hearing about how the press pin Harry and Meghan and William and Kate up against each other. So this is where all the positive spin ends, and the episode moves into a darker place from here. We now start to hear about how the press are pinning William and Kate against Harry and Meghan. So Harry and Meghan are stealing the limelight away from the future king and queen of the country. Have a listen. She's becoming a royal rock star. Bigger, I would argue, as a couple than William and Kate. That's probably not a good thing in the long term. The issue is when someone who's marrying in who should be a supporting a supporting act is then stealing the limelight or is doing the job better than the person who was born to do this. That upsets people. It shifts the balance because you've been led to believe that the only way that your charities can succeed and the only way that your reputation can be grown or improved is if you're on the front page, front pages of those newspapers. But the media are the ones who choose who to put on the front page. Yeah, so you see that front page of the paper and yeah. you see Megan is the, the, the giant larger picture. One. Uh, the queen is like a little box in the corner. It's tiny. And so is Kate. Kate yeah. in the, on the side on the left there. Mm. I have no doubt that that breakfast at Buckingham Palace was full of uh, like weird stares and awkward silences. You totally. Know? Like it would be weird that they're like, oh, you're stealing my thunder. But <laughs> also shows you how much the royals need the press totally for their business. If this is the way that they're thinking inside, 
hang on a second, this is not the way that paper is supposed to look. And it's proven in the next steps that are to occur because of how important the media is with keeping the monarch relevant. Now, things get worse from here for Megan after she and Harry visit Australia. Yeah, I remember this trip. I remember watching. I remember being excited about them coming. Went down to Bondi Beach to see them. They like, even seemed surprised with the turnout, right? Totally. They were they were royal rock stars, as yeah. Pierce Morgan said. Like, I was loving it. And this is also where we find out that Megan is pregnant with Archie. Yeah. I noticed in some of the footage as well, like, she's doing sports and people are throwing balls and different bits. I'll be one of those crazy dads that's, <laughs> yeah. like, darting in front of Yulia and being like, no, no one touch it! Don't get it. You know people want to touch the belly and all yes. that kind of thing? Yeah, that is a bit much. I get that. But I think she was past the stage of it being like... Sure, dangerous. Know, dangerous. So, yeah. So, this is the moment when all the comparison articles between Kate and Megan start. The doco shows you a bunch of headlines condemning Megan but praising Kate for the exact same thing. Yeah, you're so right. They focus heavily on this the bump photos and Megan's holding her bump, but she's got a negative headline and Kate's holding her bump and it's a positive headline. And they actually delve into this. What's interesting is you could see side by side two articles, one in which Kate was praised and Megan was condemned. You had the bump. The bump. The avocados. It's bizarre. And there were maybe like 25 examples. It's literally the same thing. It's the off-the-shoulder dress. It's the same fruit. Fabricola is a fruit. Mm-hmm, it is, yeah. This is how it was covered for her. This is how it was covered for her. If you don't see the difference and understand why it's being reported that way, why, then I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. So you see in this piece of footage that Harry is quite pissed off. Right? Totally. And you can hear it in his voice when mm. he's like, I can't help you if you cannot see the di- like the difference here, mm. that it is exactly the same thing, but you guys are condemning one and not the other. What so, did you think when you saw this? The media is a dirty little thing where they can take 100% sides. 100% it is. And so I understand, but I, I was just like shocked that when you actually physically see the headlines next to each other, you just feel really bad. For her. I also think that when it comes out of Harry's mouth, it was powerful hearing him say those things. Right. Like, He's going up against his own family yep. here. He wouldn't be saying this unless he truly believed all of this stuff, right? Totally. So when you hear Harry saying that he couldn't help you and he's he's being really vulnerable in this situation, it just made me think, I think he knows something sus behind the scenes is going on, mm. that these two families, his family and the royal family, someone is leaking something, right? Mm. So the remainder of this episode gets incredibly dark mm. and I couldn't help but feel a real sadness for Meghan and Harry. Like, it was really hard to watch knowing that I had a certain view and then finally hearing it from her mouth I was just like oh I feel horrible for making a judgment on someone so soon I feel like a lot of people watching this would have done that exact same transition they may have come out pretty hard and made a judgment tweeted about it and then they've gone oh shit Yeah, those bloody keyboard warriors, hey. Well, the press were relentless with Meghan and the royal family didn't do anything to stop it. And that's when we hear Meghan's suicidal thoughts come to light and her mother explaining how difficult it was to hear her child having these thoughts. It was like, all of this will stop if I'm not here. And that was the scariest thing about it, is it was such clear thinking. I remember her telling me that, that she had wanted to take her own life. And and that really broke my heart. Because I knew, well, I knew that it was bad, but to just constantly be 
um, picked at by these vultures, uh, just picking away at her spirit, that she would actually think of not wanting to be here. That uh, That's not an easy one for a mom to hear, you know, uh, and... Uh, and I can't protect her. So obviously this is extremely serious. And at this stage, Megan asks to get help, which she explains she was actually denied by the palace because it would make the institution look bad. How fucked oh, up is that? This made me feel really sick. Like when you go to someone for help yeah. and it is denied. Like- it's very old school. It's back in the day. Sort your shit out. Yeah, just get back up and wipe yourself off. World, right? Yeah. The, the new world, and the thing is, the new world with social media. Yeah. Megan it's, is dealing with a whole different kettle of fish. Agreed. You've got the media and you've got social media. Yes. Like, slamming you from all angles. It's horrible. And to be, and she's getting death threats, like to people telling her to end her life. It's disgusting behavior. If you do need help, there is always someone available. You can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. And it's really important, guys, to ask your friends if they're okay. It will never go unnoticed. So make sure you guys are always checking in on people. So Harry then expresses his shame for not being able to help his wife, which is guys are like this, right? When there's something going wrong with your partner, you want to just fix it. You just want to get in there and fix it. And especially if you feel like you can't do that, it's really hard. He explains that he went into royal mode instead of husband mode. I was devastated. I I knew that she was struggling. We were both struggling. But I never thought that it would get to that stage. And the fact that it got to that stage, I felt angry and ashamed. I didn't deal with it particularly well. I dealt with it as institutional Harry as opposed to husband Harry. And what took over my feelings was my royal role. I had been trained to worry more about What are people going to think if we don't go to this event? We're going to be late. And looking back on it now, I I hate myself for it. Wow. Like, Harry is so vulnerable in this. And as a man bags, like when you said you want to protect your partner, Mm. like have you ever been in that scenario where you feel like your partner's being picked on and all you want to do is jump in, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes you can't do anything and that's extremely frustrating. Yeah. So like how do you deal with that? How do you sit them down and tell them it's going to be okay when you have no control? That's when they would have both gone through a real depression because obviously he's watching Megan, but then also what's making Harry down is the fact that he can't do anything at all. We've never seen this side of him. So it was just so eye-opening to see Harry like this. Harry then goes on to explain how the institution released stories and how each royal office competes with each other. I have 30 years experience of looking behind the curtain and seeing how this system works and how it runs. I mean, just constant briefings about other members of the family, about favours inviting the press in. It's a dirty game. You know, there's leaking, but there's also planting of stories. So if the comms team want to be able to remove a negative story about their principle, they will trade and give you something about someone else's principle. So the officers end up working against each other. It's a kind of a, this weird understanding or acceptance that happens. And you can always say, I didn't know about this, or don't be ridiculous, this would never happen. I would never get you suggesting that I condone this. It's like, no. But what I am asking is, have you done anything to stop it? And the answer is no. Imagine, Bags, you start leaking information about your brother. Yeah, very strange, (laughs) right? You realise that it's actually not the players of the family, but it's the people around the players of the family that are guiding them on what to say and what not to say to protect 
the institution. Correct. It's actually not the physical members. Person. Yeah. And so, and this isn't more clear than it is in that grab. Like what Harry says, it is not like William saying these things. It mm. is not King Charles saying or these Or it things. may be William saying the thing. Yeah. Or it may be King Charles saying the thing. But that direction is coming from someone protecting the organisation which is bigger than all of them. Correct. And yeah. that is where the problem is, right? That's actually where the problem is with yeah. all of this. Yeah, it is. It's... And it's tearing the family apart. The word comes out of your mouth. You say the word. You argue with me, yeah. right? But it's not Sonia who's arguing with me. It's, yes. It's, it's the person it's behind the scenes. Who's yeah. told you, right? You... Don't yeah. do this. You're going to ruin this, this exactly. organization that we have here. Yes. So you need to tell Simon to this. fuck off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you come to me and tell me to fuck off. What does that do? I go, okay, well, you've clearly sided with the fucking institution here, <laughs> not your own fucking family. Righto. I get it. Argument. Yes, and then the dismantling happens. So the episode ends with Harry and William parting ways. Their offices split. And then the birth of Archie happens. The big photo op when Archie is born, that's a big part of the ending of this episode. Traditionally, most of the royal baby, every royal baby, I should say, has had that very iconic photo on the steps of the hospital. But Harry and Megan didn't do that because they didn't actually give birth in that hospital, that same hospital. They did it somewhere else. Two days later, they revealed Archie to the world and it was just a standard photo up in Buckingham Palace. So it wasn't a typical presenting to the world right after she'd given birth. So, And that's what I think is interesting here. Just because these two are changing some little bits and pieces, everyone's... This is not the way that it's done. Yeah, people are freaking but out. it's okay for things to change. Totally. It is okay, guys. Yeah. It did nothing. They did it's nothing wrong. It's also their child. Yeah, they can present him however they want. But as they also explain that basically because they're taking uh, income from the taxpayer. Correct. That the taxpayer feel like they own the family, which still feels fucking wrong. It does. It does feel it, really it wrong really when you're talking does. about a baby. It does. I get that tradition is very difficult to break and you know what the British press are like any little step out where's of our line, fucking baby photo totally that this makes us money we pay your ah, way this makes us money yes that is what it's all about 100% and so what's the machine that wants to pull all this shit up and make them look bad the media, the media. because yeah. they didn't get to make money off the moment that's exactly right they had to wait two days to make money off this moment so there are so many other moments from episode four to unpack, but yeah. they were our favorite bits. Mm. But I strongly suggest you guys go and watch that particular episode. If you don't get a chance to watch any of the others, episode four is by far the strongest one. It can sum up pretty much everything for you that you need to know, right? Yeah, for sure. There's a You can save five hours of your life. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Dude, I wish I had saved five hours of my life. It's a six-hour expedition that you've got to go through. It's a lot. And we're going to jump into episode five and six. Now they're going to be a lot shorter than what we did on four because we're only going to highlight the very big moments. All right, so let's just jump into episode five now. This one focuses on how the lawsuit between the male and Harry and Megan was ignored by the royal family. Uh, the reason for this suit is because Megan's father was still slamming his daughter in the press yes. and the royal family wanted to make him stop. So Megan set a meeting with the Queen, uh, which at this point she told Megan to write her father a letter. 
Yes, and that letter bag gets bloody leaked. To the press? Yes. How? So the letter is leaked and, of course, we're all thinking, the bloody Queen's done this, hasn't she? She's run down to the Daily <laughs> Mail. Guess not. what, guys? You won't believe this little <laughs> nugget I've got. <laughs> How much have you got for this one? A new hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lizzie, love it. But, yeah, so it's obviously, it's pretty obvious that there's some I love like the image of her, like, need a new ri- hat. <laughs> write a letter. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm going to fuck you over. <laughs> like, she's this, she's like bad Santa. Yeah, she knows. She's like, the queen's sitting in her little throne, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fuck you up, bitch. <laughs> She's like, I think for, I think it's best that you write a letter, darling. What have you been writing? <laughs> it's like much easier for me to publish that way. <laughs> anyway, so the letter gets released to the press. It's everywhere. Of course, a private letter being published is totally illegal. You cannot go through people's mail. Yeah. It's illegal. Yeah. So there is no, it, this is no shock to me that they would want to press charges or sue the mail for this and rightly so so megan does ask the royals to help with the suit they decline and that's when harry and her take them on personally very interesting that they don't want to help yeah well it's not right for the institution is it it's not going to help is it no mm. and they need to have the media on side that seems to be the common thread that we just keep working out here There's exactly this toxic relationship between the institution the, and the media. media. So it's at this point that Harry and Meghan release a statement saying they're taking a step back from the royal family and they do this without the royal family's knowledge. And at this point, the Queen's like, i got to call a meeting. Let's uh, let's gather the troops because shit's getting out of hand and I can't control this. Sure. So they do. They, the Queen calls a meeting. All the senior members of the family congregate. Mm. Is that the right word? Is that the right that, word? Who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Harry points out that Megan is not part of this meeting. I found that quite interesting. Yeah. Well, what, what was the point of that? So what I took away, let's have the family come into this meeting. She's not coming. And maybe the outcome that we would like here is to throw some ideas around about how we get rid of this. About, oh, how to get rid of Megan. In the family. Because why would you have that meeting without her there? Yeah. Well, I just read it as like, you know, when you get your family dinner and there's someone you don't like there, you ask that person, can we just have dinner together this time? You know, it's almost like they wanted Harry to be institutionalized again. That's how I saw it. They wanted him on his own to be back in his place. And this new person is a problem. Correct. So they're viewing her as, yeah, she's a massive issue and we don't want that. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> so getting back to the meeting, this is where we find out that William yelled at Harry and yes. that there was no resolve from the meeting. I was given five options, one being all in, no change, five being all out. I chose option three in the meeting, half in, half out. 
have our own jobs, but also work in support of the Queen. But it became very clear very quickly that that goal was not up for discussion or debate. It was terrifying to have my brother um, scream and shout at me and my father say things that just simply weren't true and, and my grandmother, you know, quietly sit there and, and sort of take it all in. But you have to understand that from the family's perspective, especially from hers, there are ways of doing things and her ultimate sort of mission goal or slash responsibility is the institution. People around her are telling her, by the way, that proposal or these two doing X, Y, Z is going to be seen as an attack on the institution, then she's going to go on the advice that she's given. It was really hard. The meeting finished without any right solidified action plan. So what we hear in that grab is there's no in-between. So from what Harry's saying, he was happy to have a half role. Oh, I'm half in the royal family, half not. And they're like, Nat, you're either in or, or you're, you're out. out. Yeah, there's no in-between, Dal. Who's driving that conversation, do you think? Well, it sounds like William. It did sound like William. From from what Harry said, it was William driving the conversation and King Charles and the Queen was quite silent in that meeting. And usually with things like this, I mean, from coming from the corporate world, right? Yeah. You know that if they know that there's a respect level between two people. Yeah. So if they know that William and Harry have a respect and that Harry does respect William, Someone around has said, William, you're the one who's going to deliver this information because you're more likely to get this across the line than any of us. William is the eldest brother. So there is some level of respect there for sure. But I reckon at this stage, Harry was like, nah, mate, you guys are trying to murder me wife. I'm I'm done with this shit. Either you get, you take me half ass or not at all. Do you think he said half ass? No, I'd no. love to be. Imagine if he did. <laughs> no, that's just my bogeyness. Now, I'm you take me half ass or you fucking fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But do you think at that stage Harry's like, fuck, this is my meal ticket. Like, this is my income too. It would have been very hard. It would have been hard. Very hard. Like, to be like, oh, I I don't want to do all of this stuff or be a part of all of this, but I'm happy to for some of the pay, you know? like Tough decision. Also what it felt like Mm. a little bit, you know? The price of money. The price of money. So the episode ends with Harry and Meghan leaving the royals. Yes. Massive, right? And moving to Vancouver in Canada, that's when they realised that the royals pulled their security. They were given like three weeks' notice. Yeah. And they you know, obviously had paparazzi all around them at the time. And and they're on like Vancouver Island, so they're surrounded by water. All the paps are on the Boats. water. Yeah. yeah. On tinnies. Just <laughs> going yeah. around the island trying to get photos. And you see footage of like this random bloke in their driveway jumping the fence. Like right. that's scary. Very scary. They're completely vulnerable Take a listen to this. Em asked me, would they remove our security? I said, they'll never do that. Megan's background, her heritage, the well-documented hate campaigns against us, suspicious packages being sent to the palaces, specifically with her name on or my name on. She said, do you think they'll ever do it? I said, no, they would never do that. And they did it. They decided that our security would be removed on the 31st of March, thereby leaving me less than three weeks um, to find security for my family. And I'm worried. I am genuinely concerned um, for the safety of my family. All right, so that is the end of episode five. Now, most of the interesting stuff has happened by now, so we're going to smash through what happened in episode six. Yeah, so episode six is when we meet 
Tyler Perry. So he is a big, famous director, writer, producer in the US. He never really knew Meghan and Harry, but he watched all this media play out. And then he eventually reached out to Meghan and said, if you ever need anything, give us a yell. Which I still find it a little bit strange because who just tr- – I mean, they've got so much weird stuff going on around them. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just randomly trust someone that reaches out through a D- – I'm guessing a DM. Uh, yeah, right, and just weird. says, you know what, if you need a hand, Megan. Let me know, Dal. I'm here for you. But then it is – this is why I'm like it's it's strange the way Megan reacts to certain things because she does have a lot of celebrity friends. Yes, yeah, she was in that Hollywood world. She was an actress. Mm. She didn't know Oprah when she was on Suits. And yeah. then all of a sudden she knows Oprah. Yeah. She didn't know Beyonce when she was on Suits. Mate, what a moment Beyonce's that is. Beyonce's texting her. What's that about? Wild. I mean, even, even, it's funny to see even those two are like... Yeah, they Beyonce's they texting. But they're, they're, I mean, really, they are bigger than Beyonce, right? <laughs> they are. But they're kind of like, fucking Beyonce's texting, guys. <laughs> like, they got excited. You can see Harry's face like, oh, what did she say? And he, he, you can see like, she gives a, you know, a, bit, a, a great piece of wisdom, right? She does. To Megan. And then Harry's like, oh, they are... Quite good words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some serious clout. You can, hey? see, well, you can just see he's like, fucking Beyonce's texting. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is massive. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, Tyler ends up offering them a, pl- a safe place to stay because at the end of episode five, they are getting swarmed. They don't have security. They move to LA, move into Tyler Perry's house. Now, you've got a bit of a theory around Tyler, don't you? I do. So This is not proven. There's no facts or evidence to support any of what I'm about to say. But what is your theory? It's a theory. So I believe that Tyler Perry had some hand in this this Netflix deal of Harry and Megan's because mm. Tyler Perry himself had a four-picture deal with Netflix and so he's got all the connections. He's like, guys, I he's, made a bit of cash out of this Netflix He's a deal. director, producer. I reckon producer. you guys could make some more cash. Totally. He's a writer. He's a producer. He's a storyteller, Bags. Mm. So what's he doing? He's told them, tell your story and, and make sure it. I'm in episode six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I just truly believe he helped them out of a sticky situation financially. Mm. So he's seen an opportunity and he's gone, fuck it, you guys are famous. This is how it works. Sell your story. Well, the discussions around that home at Tyler's home would have been how the fuck are we going to be able to pay for security? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And Tyler said, I've got an idea. Yeah. Netflix. Boop. (laughs) Boop. I made a bit of boop coin. He made a lot of bloody coin. You guys could make even more. I think that's exactly how. I can see that conversation happening Happening. around a kitchen island bench. Totally. And, like, I think... Look, he saw a gap and he saw an opportunity for them and he gave it to them and they took it. So, I mean, I don't think Good they had theory. A, I like it. Yeah. It's not, we don't know it's if it's true. true. Yeah. We don't know, but that's a great theory. Yeah. Thanks, Bags. So in this episode, we also see the Oprah, you know, sit down one-on-one conversation with Harry and Megan. Yeah, and that was everywhere, wasn't it? And Tyler Perry says she actually held back, Megan held back from saying a lot of information. In Why that. would she do that for? Oh, mate, it's back to me theory here. <laughs> He's saving all the gold for the Netflix taco. Totally. Don't you think? Yeah. See, this is Bit what of I'm a saying. pre-promote? 
Yes. Let's get on Oprah, a bit of a pre-promote. We've got a Netflix deal coming up. Everyone's going to want to see this. 88 million pounds. Boom. Head it with the big tickets. Yeah. That's a great theory, mate. <laughs> yeah. Of course, then we see the birth of Lilibet, which is super cute. God, she looks like Harry with a little red yeah. hair, big blue eyes. She's totally. super cute. All, all the footage of the two of them, and you know, I'm sure some of it's staged. Yeah, right? of course. <laughs> but all the footage of their family and what they're up to, and you know, they're just you know walking down streets and having you know like cakes that aren't that fancy with those terrible <laughs> yeah. strawberries on there. Like, yeah. wait, come on, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> shit. I thought the exact same thing. I was thing. like, oh, I was like, hey, you, got that, you got that at Woolworths. Yeah, it looks like the cold Pavlova cake. <laughs> it was fucking garbage. Yeah, I did, I, there's some things that I thought, come on. <laughs> yeah, it fully looks staged. And then this beautiful marble kitchen yeah. with the fucking Pavlova there. But it's, it's really funny because in some moments they look so fucking unrelatable. Yeah. Like with those arch windows where they're sit- she's sitting in that chair from, I'm guessing, Coco Republic. <laughs> Where no one can afford to buy fucking furniture from. But yeah, like it just, it seems like outrageous sometimes. But then yeah, like a shitty cake. Get a fucking, if if you're going to be outrageous, continue the outrageousness. I want a a wedding cake just (laughs) for a fucking birthday. Yeah. Kid. Oh, where's your chef bringing it out? Yeah. Where's Niall from the nanny? Fucking wheel him out, mate. (laughs) That is the full scope of what went down in the final three eps. So like we said, episode four really was the best part of it six is just a bit of like fluff but it does end on a nice note you do feel like they wrap things well and that yeah. they are in a good space yeah. and and it was really nice for that resolve you know that is it for today's episode we hope you enjoyed it please if you can uh give us a star rating Give us a comment on Apple. We really appreciate it. We're start, guys. We are starting to get starting, a bit of uh, yeah, a little traction. Bit so of traction. we love you guys. And you can follow us on our socials. Yes, tied up potty on yeah. Instagram. So give us a little follow and on TikTok. You are smashing the Instagram account, mate. I am smashing yeah. it. Yeah, just search at tied up potty on Instagram and also on TikTok. Uh, that is it for us. We will see, see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Or we might we might actually have a week off. We're not sure yet. We'll decide we'll let soon. You know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.